Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this Advocate Session episode of the Aquademia Podcast, where we take 10 with the Responsible Seafood Advocate. I'm joined, as usual, by Jamie Wright, the editor of The Advocate. How's it going, Jamie? I'm getting by. We're getting there. Hey, my favorite thing today hmm. coming up in The uh, in the Advocate. Oh, my favorite thing. <laughs> You're mistaken. I was, my I was sarcastically saying my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, double shot of Artemia this week. It's definitely one of my favorite subjects, as, as, as the audience will knows by now. So first one of our, you know, one of our technical articles originally published in the journal Aquaculture and Nutrition looks at the effects of artemia enriched with highly unsaturated fatty acids uh, and the and the effect on Pacific white shrimp post larvae or PLs as they say in the biz. Um, the lead author is Juan Manuel Alfonso of Universidad de las Palmas Gran Canaria in Spain. So, uh, you know, this is one of those articles we feel like has a lot of value to people uh, farming shrimp around the world. Um, and, you know, the story that we paired up with it is a, is a check-in with a startup named Aquanzo. So I saw, I saw their CEO, uh, his name is Remy Gratacap, uh, present earlier this year. Uh, really fascinating stuff. Their company is, trying, is attempting to produce Artemia in a land-based facility. Uh, so I'll just let it, in his own words, kind of describe the why. Of what they're doing, so uh, the current solutions. This is uh, Remy Remy Gratacap, co-founder and CEO of Aquanzo. He says the current solutions to the marine protein crisis are alternatives, <clears throat> like insects and single-cell organisms, which are good, but they're just alternatives. He said, "What if we could make more in- marine ingredients without harming the ocean? If we could farm marine ingredients, then we could scale them and be unrestricted by the wild carrying capacity." And that's something that we talked about. Last time we talked about Artemia, didn't we talk about carrying capacity? Well, I mean, that, that was we, we've talked about the, uh, the the Great Salt Lake, Great Salt Lake, yeah, in yeah. Utah, and its ability to produce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well into the future. That's always just been a concern of mine. Yeah. It's just the the nature of these the brine shrimp and its life cycle. It's right. really it's really a fascinating case. You know, they can live for hundred years or more uh, in like a zero metabolism state. So it's just like a, it's not like a, a, a typical. Yeah. Marine organisms, very, right. very unusual. So, you know, if you're if you're like me, really interested in aquafeeds and what goes into them, particularly those for the you know early life stages where you know the live feed performs really well, then you know give this, this story a read. It's up on the Advocate homepage right now. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. then was that both of these? Yeah, they're, well, they're yeah. both up. They're both up there right now. Yeah. Uh, ones you know, ones from uh, Lauren Kramer, our con- contributor in in Vancouver. She wrote about a Kwanzo, and the other is from uh, one of our you know, our extended network of contributors in the scientific community. Right. All right. So then what's, uh, what's coming up? All right. So, you know, next, we're giving on deck a new meaning here um, <laughs> because this company, the story of the next week is really about, it's, this company doesn't really exist yet. I mean, they're, they exist and they're in a plan. They got approval to uh, build an offshore aquaculture facility um, off the coast of Aruba. We don't get to write about Aruba no. very much. So uh, there's a new offshore aquaculture company called Petros Aquaculture. So I, I asked my uh, colleague Hank to check in with them. And um, what, what they're doing is they're going to be farming northern red snapper off the coast of Aruba, just like uh, you know the Cobia farms. They're mm. using the, you know, the innov- in, in overseas technology, an overseas based in Boston. 
And they're going to be farming northern red snapper. You know, snappers are always in really high demand. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great for grilling, great for sushi. They're high-value fish. Seem to be a good fit for this production system, which is, uh, you know, the sea station. You've seen the, you know, the sea station. They're like the, the cone-shaped yep. nets. And yep. they, they're submersible so that they can, you know, um, weather, you know, weather turbulent waters during storms, big wave events. So uh, the farm is trying to uh, supply... Uh, they're aiming to supply Aruba's booming tourism industry. <clears throat> so, you know, being an island nation, food production options are somewhat limited. So this gives Aruba a really nice source of fresh fish. Yeah. And that tourism industry, that is the industry. In it is. That's really what's driving everything down there. So just a couple of weeks ago, you know, we haven't been on the air together for a while, but just yeah. a couple of weeks ago because of vacations and such. But just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Bonnie uh, Wacott, my correspondent in um, the UK, she wrote about... Uh, efforts in Greece to diversify the economy and promote aquaculture tourism as a way to like shift perceptions of the industry a little bit. So she writes about uh, what's going on on the, on the island of Rhodes. It's a small village on the west coast. So what they're doing, they're, they're farming um, sea bass, red sea bream, uh, and magre for local markets. And so like what they're actually doing is they're inviting people to come, take tours of the boats, maybe mm-hmm. even jump in and Get in the water. So my question to you, Sean, is would you jump in a net pen to snorkel around with thousands of fish swimming around you? Would you like that experience? Well, yeah, but that's, you ask that to anyone working at this company and they'd be like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think, I, you ask outside of this, this building, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know if the answer would be yes. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would do it. I'd I mean, it. yeah, I, I, of course I would, but I don't know if I, like, if I offered that to my wife, she'd probably be like, mm, okay, <laughs> you'll pass. Probably good, yeah. I'll stay on the boat and. Get a drink with a little umbrella in it and watch you do it. <laughs> yeah. So um, very cool. So that is coming up next week. Well, yeah, the uh, the one on Aruba is next week, but the one on Greece is already up. That, that was okay. up a couple weeks ago. All the links are in the show notes. Mm-hmm. For sure. So very appropriate choice for our Wayback Machine article. Hawaii is kind of in the news in people's <laughs> minds right now. So um, talk about what uh, where we're headed in the time machine this week. Yeah, and Hawaii is in our minds, um, on our minds, in our hearts right now. To, so to honor our friends in Hawaii, which has suffered devastating wildfires over the past week, uh, I wanted to share the story that, that, uh, from six years ago that shows how important Hawaii is to the global aquaculture industry in more ways than just this, but this is a really interesting story. So, so for those who know, in the shrimp industry, SPF shrimp are kind of the gold standard. Now, SPF stands for Specific Pathogen-Free Shrimp, which have they're the gold standards for shrimp hatcheries and nurseries. There's, I think, some um, some are moving to like pathogen resistant. You know, specific pathogen resistant. So they're like, so if you have a pathogen that's endemic in your area, well, you'd want maybe this particular you know broodstock to have an ability to fight it off. So, mm-hmm. but you know, years ago, this was this was a really a big break, breakthrough for uh, shrimp farming. So we checked in with um, Jim Wybin for the story. He's considered to be a pioneer in this in this area. He, he talked, to us, talked to us about the first trial of SPF shrimp. They were bred in a quarantine facility in Hawaii. And the goal was to just stock U.S. ponds with shrimp that were free of diseases that it had devastated farms in previous years. Uh, but he found that, that not only did these shrimp survive, that they thrived. And the, the PLs had grown larger and faster and, in his words, just did better in every way. So, but that was back in 1991. So, like, think about how far... <laughs> Shrimp industry has become, I mean, SPF broodstock basically transformed the shrimp industry worldwide. Hawaii kind of earned its place as like the headquarters of the so-called SPF 
brand. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the company, we also checked in with somebody else you might know who has some business dealings in Hawaii over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to George Chamberlain, uh, longtime president of GSA. He told us that you know the the advent of SPF shrimp was really the key to unlocking the industry's potential in Southeast Asia. Yeah. So he tells us that all the companies had to do was grow out the SPF post larvae to broodstock size and ship them to Asia, and then it became a thriving business. And so a lot of overtime, you know, breeders like to trace for productivity, size, disease resistance, developing a genetically improved animal, basically. So great story. Um, kind of gets to the heart of how shrimp really kind of exploded mm-hmm. over in the 90s. So really interesting story. Give that one a read. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. You got anything else that you want to say? Well, it's, like you said, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been we, a couple we weeks. We had some so. time off, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back into this every other week. Yeah. Uh, rhythm, but I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I like doing these updates. They're fun. Yeah, they are for sure. And I think our listeners like them too. So if you want to check out any of those articles, remember all of the links are in the show notes and I encourage you to read all of them and explore as much of the advocate as possible because there's just so much great content on there. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>